day, big day for you yesterday. Rick, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. If I had a time machine, okay, and said you can use this time machine for one day only. Okay. Okay. So just one day and you can use it as many times as you want within that one day. Mm-hmm. What day would you pick other than your wedding? day obviously because you'd want to go back yeah i just right, want to keep right. re-experiencing right. and the birth of your children i mean those are good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um and the bears super bowl and the cubs right world series. yeah the cubs world series <laughs> uh but no if one time you got a time machine what what day do you even have any idea no i have no idea i i'm suspecting that you have one yeah i, I do uh yeah. and I, I would put it for yesterday oh okay because my daughter lila graduated from high school Right. From the same high school her daddy right. And there was a from. thousand and twenty-four graduates. Oh, my God. And Lila was the third to last, because they did by divisions. She was the third to last name. Oh, my God. So I would take the time machine, and I would fast forward <laughs> to the kid right before her. We would see her name, and then fast forward to dinner afterwards. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. How long did it take, just out of curiosity? Yeah, it was like two hours. Oh, my God. Right. Well, this show's not going to be two hours. Minutia Men is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine Opie show. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with this thing. Just a head full of nonsense. That should be the name of the podcast, A Head Full of Nonsense. This show, this podcast, is <laughs> an hour or less guaranteed to uplift you. Guaranteed is strong. To help you, to make you laugh, to make you cry. It does that for me, yes. To make you mad. <laughs> it does that too. <laughs> Back to you. Opishows.com. I love you it. find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits, talking over each other. <laughs> yes. Now they know they got the right show. Now they know it's up. Wow, that ain't going to be a promo. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Minutia Man Man. with Rick and Dave. So now now you're getting weepy? Now I'm getting a little weepy. So you also got weepy? Oh, like, I did. I got um, even after two hours. It wasn't like no. Uh, it was it wasn't uh, like relief. It was actual <laughs> right. weepy. I got weepy when you heard the dun, the oh yeah the, you know the yeah. commencement music, and then you had a thousand graduates coming. It was at yeah. Soldier Field. I know Soldier Field. Sorry, Soldier Field. Well, Lane uh, Tech. If anyone's ever driven by Lane Tech High School, Lane Tech is the size of Nevada. <laughs> Right. Uh, and um, so I got a little weepy there. Um, the valedictorian speech. Eh. <laughs> I think if you've seen one valedictorian, yeah, if you've seen one valedictor- valedictorian speech, yeah, uh-huh. you know, yeah, we've got future. Bl- yeah, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Let's wrap this thing uh-huh. up. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got a little weepy. Um, well, when Lila's name was finally called after yeah. an hour and whatever. Um, I mean, we were. A half a mile away. I mean, we were right. at Soldier Field. Right. I mean, it was our day right. to even see There's it. This little, this little ant <laughs> right. walking up and down the way. Well, she was on and the she's, jum- and she's <laughs> tiny anyway. Right. It was she was on the jumbotron. Uh, and then when we saw her and her friends all, that's that's the part that killed yeah, me because um, that happened yesterday for us. Oh, I know. Right. Exactly. I mean, I have pictures of me and Stu and Bill, my mm. friends from high school, in the backyard yeah. at my mom's house, and and then you know I did this. I had the same. You know, when Tommy graduated, it was 
I was weepy right. and Johnny, and then Sean was the last one, and it was just a few weeks ago, and I didn't get weepy until afterwards yeah. when I saw him with his buddies and. You know, they're yeah. going out. They're starting their lives. Yeah, this is like the most exciting thing in the world. And um, and we're not going to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to forget us. Well, it was it was Toy Story 3, right? Yeah. Where Andy goes. Yeah. Um, and I remember that one scene where the mom comes into the room after he's taken all his posters down and everything. Yep. I'm just going to be. Oh, my God. That show, our show yeah. is canceled that way. <laughs> well, let's do some minutiae. Yes, let's, let's lift the room up a little bit. <laughs> well, I don't, li- I don't like this. I don't like this part of me yeah. right now. Uh, well, I've got a um, little. Um, Would you like some audio? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know that always helps yeah. you. Here we go. You're listening to Minutia Men featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. So I got a um, story about Jeff Bezos. Oh, my favorite Love Jeff Bezos. Well, there is a petition circulating urging Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) Is this like a... uh, uh, a statement on how much money this guy has. <laughs> Maybe. Because uh, I read somewhere this week that he bought like a $450 million yacht. Right. And he didn't he just... For himself. You know, a yacht. <laughs> $450 million. I mean, imagine how many people you could feed with four hundred and fifty yeah. million, and he and it's like yeah. off the bottom of his shoe. Right. It's the Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, did he also... Like rebuild a penthouse in New York or something yeah. like it's five floors or yeah. something, whatever yeah. for like a hundred million. All right. And isn't he also? All right, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna get back to who I am. Yeah. Um. You know how he's gonna shoot himself up into space, right? What percentage are you hoping that this that the, 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 the rocket blows up? Let me put it to you this way: <laughs> I feel bad for the other people that are in the rocket. <laughs> Like I, I don't want the and to, others. I don't want anything to happen to the guy who's actually right. flying the thing yeah, right. or the stewardess. Um, yeah, let's just say if it happened, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, that's a shame." Well, you know what I would do? I would go immediately on my brokerage account. I'd buy Amazon because <laughs> you know it's going to tank. Do you and have then, them in your ghoul pool? Uh, ooh, that's actually a great. I idea. mean, it could happen. Oh, I'm. That's yeah. You know what? Let's wrap this up because I got it. But as I said, there's a petition urging, uh, you know, billionaire Jeff Bezos to 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 buy the Mona Lisa and eat it. Right. And as of this morning, before we got into the studio, uh, it had thousands. I mean, there was like seven thousand signatures. (laughs) So I'm hoping we're doing our little part. uh, And here's I'm going to read just a couple of blurbs. Um, No, but nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa. And we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand and make this happen. Uh, Gobble the Lisa, one signer wrote, and another one joked, I feel like this is something society needs. I don't know if you remember this, but we were part of a petition many years ago. Do you remember this at all? Vaguely. I vaguely remember this. Well, evidently, we created this because we were feeling a little inferior. (laughs) Okay. Which is not really. Which we still do. And we wrote it to the National Park Service. Well, we didn't. We This was a petition to the National Park Service, but we put it on a website called petitiononline.com, which is defunct right now. And I did check. um, Well, the last time I had checked, which was like five or six years ago, we had about 800 signatures. We did? Yeah, we had 800 signatures. Um, You want me to read it? Yeah, sure. Okay, and this is to the National Park Service, the United States Department of the Interior, and the United States Congress. Whoa. Uh, We, the undersigned, urge that the likenesses of Richard J. Kempfer... (laughs) 
resident of Mount Prospect, Illinois, and David F. Stern, resident of Chicago, Illinois, be carved into Mount Rushmore, located in South Dakota, immediately. Whereas we defer to your discretion, we would prefer that Mr. Kempfer and Mr. Stern would be placed to the left of Abraham Lincoln. This is in, this is in honor of Mr. Stern's award-winning sixth-grade poem entitled... It's the least they could do. Honest Abe, he was called. We, the underside, feel that Mr. Kempfer and Mr. Stern would provide perfect company for George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and Theodore Roosevelt. Got Wh- the schnozzes, too. Whoa, Shane. whoa, stop. Oh, There's part of that. <laughs> Whereas Mr. Kempfer or Mr. Stern haven't technically served as United States president, they have voted in nearly every presidential election since 1984. <laughs> when we get around to it. <laughs> they are no strangers to the rigors of the political process, having run for homecoming king and queen yep. from the University of Illinois in 1985. Yeah. Finally, the undersigned urged that upon acceptance of this petition that Mr. Stern's likeness be carved with a full head of hair (laughs) and Mr. Kepfer's likeness be carved with a small nose. In a thousand years, who the hell will ever know? So and that, that didn't work. Uh, uh, well, we got 800 signatures. I mean, if uh, I remember right, that's that site was set up by President Obama, I think. Oh, maybe. To, uh, and and you, if you got 100,000 signatures, it would actually be considered. OK. And we so we came a little bit short of the 100,000. But I will definitely. Uh, OK. Um, well, hopefully Jeff Bezos does not eat the Mona Lisa. I'd rather have the Mona Lisa around. <laughs> All right, I have a story for you that uh, involves explosive diarrhea. Would you like to hear that? (laughs) Absolutely, after the emotional... Yeah. NBC has indefinitely paused production of its upcoming competition show called The Ultimate Slip and Slide, reportedly after multiple people on set came down with diarrhea. The Wrap reported Thursday that up to 40 crew members fell violently ill, citing a person with knowledge of the production. That person said the people were collapsing and being forced to run to porta-potties due to awful explosive diarrhea. Uh, uh, uh. Now, I know a lot of people think it's funny, but it's really brown and runny diarrhea. Uh. Anyway, spokespeople for NBC did not immediately respond to their core request to uh, comment, but uh, people confirmed that the shutdown began on June 2nd and that at least one crew member had tested positive for a parasite that can cause diarrhea. And so they still have not gone back to uh, work yet. Now, I understand around the set. Remember how when I had the, the gout flare up, I decided that gout doesn't properly explain right i think it's a them. leg leg explosion leg explosion leg explosion, explosion. well apparently the people on set also thought that explosive diarrhea wasn't, wasn't enough sig- wasn't yeah. enough yeah. so they have come up with other terms that they're using around the set would you like right. to hear what they are um yes because i know that these are totally true yes uh, there's only five of them they can't decide which one to go with okay. uh they're deciding between anal rapture turbo deuce okay Thunder from down under. Okay. Butt soup grenade. <laughs> okay. And screaming Jesus on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> I don't know where that's come from. <laughs> screaming Jesus from the Ferris wheel. One of those is going to be used. So well, so screaming you know. Jesus from the Ferris wheel is definitely a rock album. Don't you think? It's got to be. Uh, hey, you know what? Um, yeah. I'm not sure we're going to get any more favorable ratings after that last uh-huh. story. Yeah, probably but, not. Um, I want to highlight another very positive review. And please, if you like our show, um, please subscribe and rate it on any of the platforms, Apple yeah. or Stitcher or whatever. Um, 
But this comes out of uh, this comes from someone named Tammy. 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 Well, T A. Well, I guess it'd be Tammy. T A M M I E. Wow. <laughs> wow, that was just stupid. Okay, dove. <laughs> Minutia Ben. It's like pin- Pinterest, but fun and actually interesting. Listening just now, I learned that there's a giant vagina statue in Sweden. <laughs> or was it Germany? It doesn't matter. Uh, either way, the hosts have great chemistry and it's informative, but not informative in the traditional valuable way. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that pretty much sums us up, I think. All right, it's time for another feature on the show. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. So we've already taken something out of the archives, and that was our uh, Mount Rushmore mm, right, petition. Right. But uh, this week is the anniversary of the Soweto Uprising uh, in 1976. So what, uh, 45 years ago mm-hmm. this week. And I actually went to Soweto and I wrote about my visit there and I, I, I won an award for it. Uh, they call it the Lissaker Award. Which is actually Chicago. very it's prestigious. A Chicago Headline Club yeah. Award. Um, and it's about a meal that I had there. And I'd, I'd like to read you a little bit from that if you don't mind. Oh, sure. <clears throat> it's a little more serious than we're used to, but uh, uh, we went to this restaurant and it was the only restaurant in Soweto. Now, Soweto is, I think there are 9 million residents of Soweto. There's one restaurant. This is how poor it is. It is the, the, the shacks. And it's McDonald's. It's an Arby's. Yeah, no, <laughs> believe me, it's not. Um, they were serving lunch buffet style, uh, and none of the food was labeled, right? But most of it was unidentifiable. And there was one dish that was a shade of yellowish green uh. that I have never seen in food before. And my brother and I, when and my brother and sister were both on this trip. We were there for the World Cup okay. in, in uh, Johannesburg, and we went to visit Soweto. And uh, my, I remember my brother and I, we exchanged expressions like, oh, my God, how are we going to eat this? Because it was the only restaurant, and they were so proud of their food. Yeah. And, you know, they were kind of hovering, watching yeah. these Americans come in and eat. So, um, luckily, I will eat anything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I took a little bit of everything. And that the yellowish green dish tasted a little strong. There were lots of spices masking whatever the main ingredient was, which I still don't know mm-hmm. what it was. But I choked it down. And I saved this beef dish for last because I thought it would get the taste out of my mouth. Um, and I, I thought that, you know, it was beef. When I started chewing it, I realized it wasn't like any beef dish I'd eaten before. The texture was almost indescribable. It, it was like rubbery, um, but that's not quite it. It was like softer than that. It was like a, a soggy brown chunk of unchewable matter. Mm. Sounds great. Oh, <clears throat> and after one bite, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. And it was all I could do to hold it down because, I mean, I really thought I was going to vomit. It was the, Well, you're uh, gaggy under the I, I'm best a, of I'm a gagger. I'm a gagger. <laughs> Uh, but I forced it. I forced it down. I swallowed it because our hosts were proudly watching us. And I said, "Mmm, beef." And the woman nodded. I said, oh, "You know, I wish I could eat more, but I'm absolutely yeah. stuffed." Um, and then we praised our hosts, and we left the restaurant, and we got back into the van. And as we headed back towards the hotel, as we were rumbling out of the neighborhood, I saw a sight that will never leave my mind. It was a man standing under a tent who was holding a gigantic butcher knife in one hand. And swatting away flies with the other hand. And on the table in front of him was a cow's head. Oh. 
just ahead. And and my sister asked, what's he, what's he doing? And our guy told us he's butchering the meat. This is the only kind of meat we can afford here, and we're so lucky when we get it. The local butchers don't think it's edible, so they sell it to us for almost nothing. But as you know, it's quite delicious <laughs> if it's prepared correctly. None of us said a word. We knew we had just eaten cow's brains or eyes or snout, but that wasn't all we were thinking about. Until that moment, we hadn't really grasped the reality of daily life in a place like this. We were in the nicest place. In the whole place. In Soweto. And we had heard about extreme poverty and we had seen it, but until our lunch in Soweto, we had never tasted it. And that's the meal that I will never forget, my meal in Soweto. Wow. So I'm definitely going to use this story the next time my kids throw away. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I only wanted seven chicken nuggets and uh, you got me 10. Uh, Well, hey, uh, and and as long as we're talking about food, uh, coming up in the next segment, (laughs) Dave's going to tell us about some, uh, you know, some food that you have never eaten before. (laughs) And also I have a story that I'd like to share with you about a Waffle House uh, we've got a celebrity story. We oh. got oh, we got so, so much more show. Oh my god, it's coming right after this. I'm Kimmy. I'm Tommy, and I'm Sam. I like that instead of extremities, you went with external amenities. It sounds like a pool at a hotel. <laughs> That's what you, they should do when they start having the sex robot hotels. I like sex robot hotels. Yes. Right. You'd make a yeah. lot of money. I feel. That's like people who own vending machines. Like you know that someone's gonna have to come to that robot just to repair it like every couple of weeks. Oh. Imagine cleaning out the robot if it doesn't do it itself. You gotta make it do it itself. Alright, alright. I think I expect common courtesy if public restrooms have taught us anything. Alright, I think I think I think that's it. Listen to Ann Friends on Spotify. Opishows.com. Or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Alright, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois. Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opai show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. Um, so, yes, this is absolutely, we couldn't have planned this next story better than the story from I the know. story that you said. Um, this comes out of a little place I like to call uh, Sao Goncalo, Brazil. Ah, Do you know where Sao Goncalo? No. no I well, it's know. across the Guanabara Bay. Uh, basically, it's a suburb. It's like Arlington Heights of Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> okay. 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 A 33-year-old woman has been arrested by police for allegedly killing her husband mm-hmm. and cutting off his penis before frying it with soybean oil inside a frying pan. Oh, now, everybody uh, knows you're not using soybean oil. You right. use can- canola. Olive, olive oil. So, police officers arrived at a, a couple's house. Her, her name was Diane Cristiana Rodriguez Machado. Okay. And his name is uh, Dick Johnson. <laughs> We're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. Right. So basically, they go into this house. They found the 
a local did he did did uh, she did she kill him first and then slice off the penis yes well i guess i mean i i I don't know but so the cops because there was disturbance a neighbor called uh they get there and they see they see this man his name is andre something smells delicious (laughs) (laughs) and he's got his mutilated body right on the floor of the living room and she is in the kitchen frying up what the yeah. what the cops are calling <laughs> what appeared to be a human penis. Now, I think this is set. It's circums- was it in one piece? Did she chop it up? Was uh, it uh, sautéing? It doesn't say. But if I'm the lawyer of the woman, yeah, purely circumstantial. <laughs> Right. How do you know that's a penis? That <laughs> right. could be right. a worm. Right. That could be and, oh, yeah. a corn on the cob. And that body that has no penis <laughs> that's sitting 14 feet away has nothing to as do with it. As a matter of fact, it. taste it. You'll find out. <laughs> um, no, thank you, ma'am. Right. Hey, you're right. It tastes like chicken. So there you go. Um, and But it reminds me yes. of part of your past, another archive yeah. uh, d- d- uh, component. Are you talking about the Bobbits? Yes, the yeah. Bobbit song, which... I believe Mike Royka called genius. I believe the word is genius. I was going to say, yeah. meh. But <laughs> well, I'd love to play it for you, Dave, but we're not allowed to play music. But I, I do know some of the lyrics. Would you like to hear some of the lyrics? Absolutely. It, That's it was to it the tune of, uh, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, okay. uh, make an ugly woman your wife. Okay. Right? Um, and the verse starts out this way. It's a story we all have heard, the controversy that it stirred, a story of their marital strife that ended gruesomely with a knife. She just sliced off his manhood, and then she tossed it in the woods. They say the grass there did grow greener, fertilized by a sliced-off wiener. If you want to make Lorena Bobbitt your wife, you better hide the butcher knife. John Wayne Bobbitt found out that's true when she woke him cutting off his wazoo. <laughs> that's just the first verse, but it, you know. Let him in McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got a story to share with you, and yeah. this one uh, just happened this morning. Mm. All right, so this is fresh off mm. the Twitter uh, world. A, a man named Lee Sanderlin is from Brandon, Mississippi, and he was in a uh, a uh, fantasy football league. Okay, and the a lot of fantasy football leagues. And my my uh, my son Sean is in a league, and the, oh, they're they're freaks. And the ones who finish in last place, that something horrible happens uh, to them. And I think for Sean's league, they they all threw pies at him or something like uh, that, or yeah, things like that, right. right? Well, this poor sucker, Lee Sanderlin, <laughs> he had to go into a Waffle House for twenty four hours as punishment for finishing last. Okay, twenty four hours. Now, they did say every waffle that he ate would cut an hour off the time he had to be there. Okay. So if he could have eaten 24 waffles. It'd be 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, right. Now, the problem is these waffles, if you've ever been to Waffle oh, House. they're huge. They're giant. They're, they're like, like the size of my desk. Yeah, yeah, they're, right. they're enormous. So I thought you might enjoy some of the Twitter things. Okay. That he, he, I was just reading them this morning. Um, here it is. I'm coming to you live from Brandon, Mississippi Waffle House. I, a total loser, came in last place in my fantasy football league. As punishment, I spent 24 hours in a Waffle House. Every I, every waffle I eat shaves off an hour in the clock. It's 4.07 Central. All okay. right. Figured I'd enjoy the first two. Two down. That means two hours down. 21.37 hours left. Already my stomach is rumbling. Going to be a long one. <laughs> the staff does not believe I will be here this long. All right. 
Four waffles down. Been here for one and a half hours. That means I have 18 and a half hours to go. I'm already in immense discomfort. Please, somebody launch me into the sun. <laughs> Two children who can't be older than six are up at the touch tunes. Oh, no. Absolutely jazzed to hear whatever bangers they pick out. And it's Eye of the Tiger. Hell yes. <laughs> Let's get another waffle. And now it's Hotel California. How fitting. I can check out anytime I want, but I can never leave. 17 more hours. Uh, let's go over some of these. How many here. likes is he getting? Is it just... Is oh, it, this, it, is, this is blown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge. All right, I'll, I'll jump up to uh, six hours down. I'm still on Waffle 6. I think a trip to the parking lot for a little puke and rally is in order. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you know everybody, every other team owner is just loving it. They're probably there. You know. 11 hours remain. Insides are in shambles. But two kinds of Mississippians, or two kind Mississippians came in and gave me some Rolades. Shout out to those people. <laughs> Remember when I ordered a seventh waffle? Full crash and burn. I'm not going to finish it. My body is in revolt, shutting down. It's time to sit out for a while. Got to rest up for the stretch run. Uh, Right now, I'm on pace to leave at 10.07 a.m. Central Time. You know, the next day. Full of waffles, but devoid of life. It's 4.07 a.m. I have five hours to go, and I'm out of episodes of my podcast, and the crossword I was doing is meh at best. At 6, I'm going to order two more waffles and try to get them down. That'll bring me up to 9. Miley Cyrus's The Climb is now playing. I mean, there's so much more. If you, you know, there's staff that comes and goes. He's in three shifts that you know, come and go. Uh, and here we go. The sun is rising. It's a new day, and I'm never eating waffles again. Nine waffles and 15 hours in this restaurant. Shout out to the staff for letting me hang out on a slow night. I tipped them well. Don't worry. This was horrible, and I recommend no one ever do this. (laughs) Right. And, yeah, never draft Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. (laughs) I did look at his roster. Carson Wentz was his quarterback. Uh So, not... I just love that. All right. Time for another feature. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. And by the way, I don't think I could have made it to the second waffle. That's how big the waffles are. He had nine waffles. I'm trying to think about the most I ever ate in a restaurant and... It was in it was in Champagne. It was at the McDonald's, McDonald's across the street from Mabel's. Yeah, okay. I remember we used to go to Mabel's uh-huh. and get all liquored up and yep. other stuff. And I had four Big Macs. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right. Uh, and and those were when Big Macs were Big, Big Macs, Macs yeah. right? Um, wow. That that was the that was well. Me. You know, I'm glad you got your storytelling shoes on because. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know, the way we're doing this celebrity potpourri thing now is people are sending in uh, letters, emails, mm-hmm. uh, and direct messages via Twitter. This one comes uh, via Twitter. Last week, Dave was talking about meeting Muhammad Ali, and it reminded me of another old episode slash story. I was listening to your show a few months ago, and Dave said he had a story about Jesse Owens, mm-hmm. but he didn't tell the story. I don't think I heard the story. Did you ever tell the Jesse Owens? I don't remember you telling it. You know, I don't know, Um, but I'll be happy to. It's actually not really. I did not meet Jesse Owens, but my family did. 
and my right. dad and my sister. So back in, God, this must have been like 1970, uh, my sister was in eighth grade. And she had to, for an assignment, she had to interview somebody. You know, Uncle Johnson or, you know, Uncle right, yeah. Dick Johnson off or whatever, right. you know, just any, you know, anybody, right? Yeah, Uncle Mike who works for Kellogg's. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But my dad, um, for whatever reason, knew that Jesse Owens lived near us because we were in Edgewater um, and Jesse Owens lived on Sheridan Road in Foster. Okay. okay. So a mile away, whatever. So my dad looks in the phone book. Jay Owens, you know, whatever, 5872 North Sheridan Road or Marine Drive or whatever it was. He calls. He calls Jesse Owens. And, you know, my dad lived through Nazi Germany. My mom was actually in the 1936 Olympics. And he gets on the phone. He goes, und, you know, you are our hero. Blah, blah, you know, und we watched you. And, you know, we were, we were, you know, half Jews, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, what are you doing right now? He's like, well, why don't you come over with your daughter and... We'll, we'll go in an interview. I'm not shitting. So my dad and my sister goes to Jesse Owens' apartment, spend like the afternoon there. He see, they see all his medals. Wow. My sister's, you know, you know, right, you know, does the interview, which of course she has lost. Has so, she really? Yeah. She, we have no idea where it is. Um, and my dad to the day, I mean, he would always talk about that as one of the highlights of his his life by wow. meeting Jesse and Jesse Owens in our home. If there was a Mount Rushmore of our yeah. home, uh, a Rick and Dave would not be on the mushroom. Uh, no, Bill Veck, uh, JFK, Martin Luther King, and Jesse Owens would be the four. Wow, you know, revered figures in our. That's pretty cool in, in our home. And Paulie Shore. Well, you know, uh, we have uh, a great minutiae celebrity uh, interview coming yeah. up this week. It kind of ties into this a little bit. Yeah. Um, Anthony Penrose is uh, the person that we're, uh, we're we're talking to, and you may not know his name, um, but his story is unbelievable. Uh, Would you tell a little, little bit about the clip that we're going to play here? Um, this is a clip. Um, he talks a little bit about him. Uh, he he wrote a children's book, uh, and the children's book is called "The Boy Who Bit Picasso." Right, and it's not fiction. Right. Uh, right. In fact, that might be Picasso on the phone right now. <laughs> um, it is. Um, he actually bit Picasso when he was a kid, and is uh, he's got an absolutely fan, just a remarkable, phenomenal backstory of his life. Um, Hitler's in it. Uh, we've got yeah, we've got Hitler, we've got Picasso, we've got Nazis, we got the whole thing. Yeah. Well, here, here's a here's a short little clip. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Tell us about this iconic photo about your mom taking a bath in Hitler's bathtub. And it was the day that Hitler committed suicide. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. While Lee was in the tub, Hitler and Eva Braun way across Germany uh, at 4.45 that afternoon in, in Berlin, they killed themselves. Lee and her wartime buddy, David Sherman. He was a life photographer. And they ended up with Hitler's address. When they arrived in Munich, they went straight to this place and they marched in and they found that it was about the only house in Munich 
that still had coal and therefore it had hot water. And this was too much. And Sherman said to me, you know, we hadn't had our clothes off in three weeks. It was just more than we could handle and hot water and soap and towels and a tub. Then they realized they had a scoop. And so she gets in the tub and Sherman lines up the first shot. Now, if you look at the picture, she's sitting there and she's concealing her breasts. She's kind of crouching down because she knows that shot is going to be published and it won't be published if she's showing too much. Right. The key point in in that picture is actually the boots on the mat because the morning of that day those boots had carried Lee around Dachau concentration camp oh my god yeah so think about it that that morning she had witnessed the horror of Dachau if you'd like to hear the entire interview listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview which is on Spotify Uh, it's on Amazon Music Podcasts it's everywhere Old Pie Shows wherever you find podcasts RadioMisfits.com just search for Radio Misfits Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio is in debt. It's just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutiaman. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? So, Lou, what's the deal with horsepower? I mean, we don't use horses anymore. Well, we like horses, and that's how it started, so these are our new ponies. At least we're living in the golden age of horsepower and doing our best to enjoy it like we do on the Car Guys Report and Formed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. I'm Lou Costable. Join us for the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You really think you can feed like 700 horses, Mark? What do you get when you hear a celebrity Minutia Men interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Maher having a kid. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get Minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right. one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutia Men interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits.